Dear listeners, welcome to a new podcast series. My name is Julian Delpy, head of Pepper Jam Club. Today, my guest is Sanella Kevrig, sales director at Fidelity International. For this first episode, the subject of today is a crisis like no other. Have a great podcast. Could you please summarize the current crisis and tell us what's happening? Sure. What I can certainly tell you, it is a crisis like no other. It is a simultaneous shock on supply and demand. And it's something we've rarely seen in economic history. And it's typically something you would see in a natural catastrophe. So in practice, you have limited demand because people are stuck at home. They cannot consume. But you also have limited supply because shops and factories are closed. And the crisis is by nature global. Almost everybody on the planet is impacted. And of course, all sectors are being hurt at different degrees and with different consequences for the future. I understand. How do you see the exit of this crisis? The exit depends on a multitude of variables. Some are in our control or in the control of our governments. And some are linked to the pandemic itself and unfortunately cannot be fully controlled. Our ability to recover will depend significantly on consumers' behavior. And the big question is, will people actually start spending? They've saved quite a lot during the past two months, during the lockdown. They could not go to restaurants. Does it mean they will go twice more going forward? They could not buy a car. Are they just deferring their purchase? These questions are difficult to answer. And confidence in the future has to improve so that people get back to their old habit. At the same time, unemployment is rising quickly, and this is unfortunately just a start as easing measures started a few weeks ago, and the real impact on the economy is difficult to foresee with certainty as we speak today. How does it compare to the most recent ones, 2008 for example? This crisis is not to be compared to the global financial crisis of 2008, which was much more of a traditional crisis. It started due to the subprime issues in the US. It first impacted the financial sector and then spread in the real economy. And contrary to 2008, governments have taken very fast action and used monetary and fiscal tools. In two months, they've basically done what it took them two years to do at that time. If you look at monetary policy, both the Fed and the ECB have kept on easing at levels outpacing what was done post Lehman Brothers bankruptcy. Then the size of fiscal packages has exceeded all expectations. In GDP percentage, we are speaking of an average of 5% for developed markets and more than 7% for the United States. And what about the sovereign debt crisis? It was more of a confidence crisis, and the markets feared that countries from Southern Europe could not reimburse their debt. Remember the pigs, Portugal, Italy, Greece and Spain. We are not at all facing this issue, and sovereign rates are historically low, both in Europe and in the US. But all balance sheets have been multiplied by three, four and sometimes five. All the measures currently implemented are being financed by an increased deficit, And this risk might resurge at some point in time in the future, as one could question the debt burden. How do you expect the economy to react? And what's the view of fidelity? 
We expect to see significant dispersion across regions, but globally we expect to see a U-shaped recovery, which means that we will see a deep contraction and then a modest recovery as restrictions should persist in 2020. Of course, our base case scenario is depending on the virus trajectory and how lockdown strategies are being implemented across the globe. So clearly, still lots of uncertainty. What criterias were used to define the scenarios? To help us determine the likelihood of each scenario and how they evolve, we are closely watching a number of indicators. The first is basically keeping track of the availability of testing and the scale to which it can be deployed to help policymakers understand how many people have been infected. This could allow those who have had the virus to return to work, while the vulnerable people remain protected in quarantine. We are also monitoring the use of tracing strategies and the development of therapeutics and ultimately a vaccine, as business cannot fully return to normal without one. Finally, we are watching exit strategies around the world that could provide a template for major developed markets. We also look at the patterns of activity in countries attempting to emerge from lockdown. These include studying things like consumer confidence, bank lending and labour markets. We also look at high-frequency indicators such as pollution levels, online job advertisements and commodity prices. Do you expect all sectors to be affected by the crisis? The short answer is yes, with some exceptions. Sectors are either immediately impacted or will be impacted at a later stage, when the lockdown is over and the impact on the economy gets clear. Our analysts are conducting monthly surveys across sectors and they talk to companies to understand their expectations. And looking at our latest surveys, sectors like consumer staples, consumer discretionary or energy are the most impacted. On the contrary, demand for financial services or healthcare has been impacted in the short term, but there is more likelihood to recover. Technology and telecom seem to be the winners of this crisis, as they were almost not impacted and they will benefit from increased demand going forward. For instance, just looking at the Zoom app, which enables online meetings, there were 10 million users in December 2019, and the number of users now exceed 300 million. The market cap of Zoom is now the equivalent of seven top airlines, including Lufthansa, Southwest in the US, or Air France KLM. Most of us have been working from home, at least in the financial sector, and this might continue for quite a longer period of time. So clearly, in a crisis, there are always winners and losers. And this crisis is affecting our way of life. It's bringing lots of uncertainty with regards to our future. But more than ever, you have to keep cool heads. And this is our job as a fundamental house to pick the right companies. Do you see other potential risks? There are indeed sources of increased risks on the market. Solvency is a big question mark. Some sectors have been stopped for more than two months. Companies have no cash flow and we will unfortunately see widespread solvency issues. State support is temporary in most countries, but only companies with solid balance sheets and cash aside will get out of this. In terms of risk, you can also see further disagreements within the EU. During this crisis, we've seen states taking isolated measures without much coordination. And when France and Germany announced their joint and mutual action, the European Recovery Fund, we immediately saw disagreement from Austria, then joined by the Netherlands and Denmark. 
This initiative may go too far for Northern Europe and not far enough for countries of the South. And this might leave deep scars and research at some point in time in the future. And what if another wave arrives? The risk of seeing another wave of pandemic exists, as long as we don't have a vaccine or an efficient medicine. How will government react if this happens again? Is another lockdown possible? Will people accept it? I mean, we've already seen social unrest and people protesting against lockdown in Germany, for instance. At a geopolitical level, tensions between the US and China are clearly back, and there is a risk of seeing Trump blaming China for being responsible of the situation, maybe even more than in the past. And just bear in mind that the US elections are just a few months away. How have you dealt with this situation and what are your key takeaways? At Fidelity, we're actually well prepared to work from home. And for a few years now, we've been working under flexible working arrangements, which mean that we can work remotely from any office, be it in Luxembourg, Germany or anywhere in the world. And what is your personal takeaway? Oof, um, this is another crisis I'm experiencing, and there is unfortunately more to come. We are just starting to see the impact on the real economy. I, I started working just before the financial crisis, the one of 2008, and then we had the sovereign debt crisis, and now we have a pandemic. It's, it's lots of learning, lots of things in a few years' time. In, in 10 years of your life, you basically realize that a AAA bank can disappear, a EU member state could go in default and the scenario of a catastrophe movie can realize itself. And in my generation, so people in their 30s or mid-30s, have had an intense ride. It is, I hope, a once-in-a-lifetime lesson and, and especially a lesson of humility. Well, that's it for today. We hope you enjoyed our conversation. Our next episode will be about a new economical order and will be available on pepperjam.lu and all other podcast platforms.